lights down Hand over my crown Hand over my heart I do this for my town I do this for my crowd So turn me up real loud My time, my time None of you people can tell me to stop Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode of MGR Unplugged um, David, how are you today? Doing good, how are you? Alright, great um, Today actually we have a two topics only. Uh, we're going to do a little recap. We haven't discussed much or talked much about the pandemic lately. And um, I actually just got my first shot two days ago. And uh, I got my Pfizer vaccine first shot with no... And you collapsed onto the ground Yeah, no. when you got it? No, I um, no, it was actually... A, the shot itself takes like literally 15 seconds. I didn't even feel it. I mean, this lady, I mean, I went to the drive-thru at um, Arizona Cardinals Stadium, which I don't even know what it's called these days. Is it State Farm or something? State Farm. Right. So I went to a stadium where, uh, you know, I had an appointment, but it really doesn't matter because you, you, you need to make an appointment, but the time of the appointment is really f- flexible because there's a lot of cars, you know, people going there. But anyways, after you go through all the line of waiting and checking and all this documentation, information, all that stuff... You finally get there and you get your shot, and uh, which is really, really quick. And then they make you kind of proceed to the next stage where they make the second appointment. And then they kind of want to make sure that you're staying, that you're okay after the shot, like 15 minutes later or so. And then you just move on. But they do it from the car. It's like a drive-through. So I, um, I didn't feel anything um, after the fact. Um, I uh, didn't have any... any you got sim- the Pfizer? I had the Pfizer, okay. dose one, yeah. And um, as far as side effects or after effects or whatever, I had nothing. Um, in fact, after, right after that, I went to lunch with a friend and um, then I just went out with my normal day. So what I did have is the day at night, um, my shoulder was felt like, like a bruise, you know, like when you get another vaccine. I mean, you feel this kind of sensitive bruised area there. Not, not visually, you don't see anything, but... It feels like somebody punched you on your shoulder, you know. Uh, other than that, I mean, that lasted like maybe overnight and then uh, a little bit the day after, but uh, it's gone. But aside as any effects or anything, nothing. I mean, it was pretty pretty smooth, So, which, which is good. But the reason why we're talking this today is because today actually is March 11th. And um, for those who uh, don't remember, March 11th is when the WHO, your favorite organization in the world, declared a pandemic. After, you know, two months of giving warnings on no worry, no mask, this mask, whatever, they finally declare a pandemic. So today is the one year anniversary. And um, so we want to recap a little bit of where we are in the U.S. and what we learned and all that stuff. So, yeah, but it's been, uh, uh, it almost seems like in, in a way it's gone pretty fast. In another way, it's kind of like uh, it's been a drag year. But uh, I'm kind of uh, we had a um i think a podcast earlier this year where we kind of were giving our predictions on when this thing would be kind of over and uh and i said that by the summer i think you said by the fall i forgot you were a little more pessimistic than me no i think i said june was when i thought. oh you said june I think okay so. all right so i know it was gonna be i thought by the summer but one of the things that i one of my main questions now is okay we're seeing light at the end of the tunnel for sure as far as vaccinations and everything else, but where, when do we know that this is over? I mean, at what point people, governments, etc., feel like the pandemic has come to an end or is under control, is no longer 
I, I, I mean, uh, my concern is that if people are expecting this to be zero cases, zero COVID, they yeah, are no, basically I mean, completely out of their minds because it's never going to be zero. It's just a matter of when do we feel that like we have this under control, just like flu, just like cold, just like any other seasonal you know, virus diseases that we say, okay, yeah, we know it's going to come. We have a vaccine and then uh, we feel pretty confident going back to a normal life where we don't have to have masks and social distance and we can have restaurants fully open and hotels fully open and all that stuff, you know. I think June is still a pretty good uh, prediction. I mean, it's March now, so that means basically April, May, another couple of months to do more vaccines. And uh, I mean, once you have, uh, how many people will we have vaccine by May, they said? Well, uh, Biden actually said that he um, there will be enough vaccines to uh, take care of every adult American by May 31st, by the end of May, adult American. So what he specified, I think, too, is that there will be enough vaccines available. That doesn't mean that they will be administered or given because there is the logistics issue of distribution, all that stuff, which there's been a few challenges, even though I believe I mean, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with the U.S., uh, I'll give you the numbers later, but I mean, it's going pretty fast. I mean, we're vaccinating up about 2 million, 2.5 million people per day, which uh, it could be faster, I'm sure. It could be slower. Yeah, definitely. But it's a good pace, you know. And, and based on my own experience trying to get, when they open the age group that I am in, I tried to make an appointment f- right after, and it was impossible. It was just not available. I mean, everybody was going to get a vaccine. So and then I tried again, uh, like after, you know, a week later and finally went through, but it was not like, like people were not getting vaccinated. So it's, what is encouraging is that a lot of people are trying to make an appointment to get their shot. So that's good. At least the initial boost, people that don't like vaccines, the anti-vaxxers and other stuff, we'll see what happens later down the road, like maybe there's 20% or something, but at least that is moving. So, but my point is that now it becomes a political issue which, like some states, as we know, they're already opening, like Texas, uh, Mississippi, uh, Virginia. There are some, some states like Texas, Maryland, Mississippi, Connecticut, Arizona, our local states, West, Virgi- West Virginia, Wyoming. They're already basically starting to lift restrictions to the point that in some states they said uh, no masks. Right, that's what Texas did. Texas did. Texas was the first one. Right. They basically said we're going back to normal. We're back to normal. And then people know how to be cautious by now. If you feel like you're going to a place that is crowded, you feel more comfortable wearing a mask, you can wear a mask. If you don't, you don't. They leave it up to the people to just make their own decision. Um, obviously, the decision was controversial. There's pros and cons, but some states are already making that kind of call. In other states, they're already reopening things to more capacity, whether it's full capacity for gyms, restaurants, and so forth, while still requiring the masks. But at least they are reopening. Um, and then others that usually were more restricted, like New York, New Jersey, California, they're opening. Um, I think New York is increasing the capacity for restaurants and gyms to 50%. I think it was like 30, 35% before. Now they're up to th- uh, 50%. California started to open in some of the theme parks and um, stadiums and ballparks and all that, also with certain capacity. So everybody's starting to get back to normal. And uh, But... It's just a matter of, like, there's still issues with, you know, like, teachers' unions or this or that, that they don't feel safe going yeah. to work and all that. And that's just the but problem. But that's more political. <clears throat> exactly. That's the thing, that at what point this becomes more of a political thing, saying, oh, no, we don't, we, we prefer to 
keep receiving stimulus and subsidies and all these things because there's still COVID cases. Well, there's always going to be COVID cases, but there's not going to be, uh, we're going to reach a point where we are yeah, getting... Yeah, it just needs to be under control. Exactly. Well, first of all, I mean, if majority of people have vaccines, mm -hmm. vaccine works pretty well. And then on top of that, basically, you don't have that many people left who are going to get sick. And if you do get sick, it'll be no different than getting sick with something else, where if the hospitals are not overrun in normal capacity and they can treat people uh, and the majority of people are going to be fine um, with the vaccine, then, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think another two months of just basically vaccinating people and then basically kind of slowly reopening things and then we'll be done. I mean, we in, in the US, we have three major vaccines that are now in effect. We had the Pfizer, the uh, Moderna um, uh, vaccine, which are both two, two doses or two, two stages. And then we have the newly approved Johnson & Johnson, who, which basically is a single dose, a uh, single shot. And uh, you asked for the numbers. So I'm going to give you the numbers as of now. This is the CDC uh, Centers for Disease Control, COVID Data Tracker. So it's the official center for or the official tracking for the U.S. So as of today, actually as of last night, because they update every day at about 6 p.m. Eastern or something. And I've been following this thing for the last, I don't know, two, three weeks to see the pace of our vaccination. So as of last night, there's been 95.7 million vaccines administered, basically distributed and given to people. Um, the delivered vaccines are vaccines are 127 million. So obviously between the 95 and 27, uh, 127, there's about 30 million vaccines out there that are still to be given to people. So from the 95 million vaccines, um, 62 million people, 62 plus million people having already received at least one dose, one shot. And then about half of them, 32 million have already been fully vaccinated. The, the two shots, or obviously in the future with the Johnson & Johnson would be the single shot. Um, out of those people, if you just consider the adults over 18 years of age, basically 25% of the population have been already vaccinated with at least one shot. That means that one out of four people over 18 already have one shot at least. And then 13% or 32 million have received both. They're fully vaccinated. So let's, let's say that that is one of seven or something. And, uh, and then the most the higher risk population over 65 years old. Basically, almost two-thirds of the population over 65 years old have already received at least one shot. And then about half of those, one-third of, one of the population, 32%, have received the full dosage or the full vaccination. So, I mean, those are pretty encouraging numbers considering that we are on March 11th today. And, uh, and, and the pace that I'm seeing every day is about 2, 2.1, 2.3 million new vaccines every day. So if we have 95 million total as of today, I mean, you can estimate that by, by the end of May, we have a pretty significant number or percentage of the population in the U.S. already vaccinated, whether it's with, at least with one shot, um, a lot of people probably with the full the full vaccination. Yeah, so, and the, the important thing is the older people because right. they're the ones who have the highest chance of dying. Right. So once most of them get vaccinated and the higher risk groups are basically no longer at risk, then the lower risk groups, now when they're 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds and whoever start getting the vaccine, we'll see because they're kind of the last right. people to get it. And then obviously kids and stuff, we'll see. But uh, 
Yeah, but obviously they're also not at risk nearly as much as the older groups. So, yeah, like I said, I think I think uh, basically if he says by May 31st, uh, well, it's basically, like I said, June 1st, whatever, I think that's a good day to say, all right, we're going to be basically back to normal June 1st. And if you want a vaccine, you can get one. If you don't want it, you don't have to, but it's at your own risk type thing. But if you're vaccinated, I mean, you know, you can, life is back to normal pretty much. I mean, even the CDC said that. CDC yeah, said, the CDC, that was a little bit of a uh, clarification required. The CDC actually came out about a week ago or th earlier this week, I think, that um, people that have been fully vaccinated basically the two dosage or the two shots or whatever Johnson & Johnson single one um, can hang out with each other, with other people that are also fully vaccinated, like two weeks after your second shot, basically. They say that they can hang with each other without keeping social distance, without masks or anything, basically back to normal, which then they clarify. They say, well, you know, you need to be cautious, whatever. But basically the CDC said that. And uh, you know, sometimes the CDC says something and then the headlines kind of missing, you know, extract a snippet and then they have to come up with a clarification. So don't quote me exactly on what I'm saying now, but go ahead and look it up yourself and see what the situation is. But for what, what they said originally was that if you are fully vaccinated and you're hanging out with people that are also fully vaccinated, it's like... It's like that group basically can hang out with each other and they don't have a risk of giving it to each other or anything because I, I, you will not have it. They don't have it and it's back, back to normal. Um, so at that point, you, you can reach that kind of uh, herd immunity with everybody else. Now, there's always going to be cases, as we said. So you, if, there's never going to be zero COVID if that's what people are expecting. But there will be COVID cases where, one, they're manageable, they're treatable, and they don't overwhelm the system. So you treat it, you take care of it, and then... Assuming that you're a normal, healthy person or person in normal status, you know, um, you know, you you will be fine. It's not a deadly sentence or a death sentence, basically. Obviously, you have other issues, respiratory issues or anything, and you're more of a, at risk than you're at risk for everything else too, whether it's pneumonia or diabetes or whatever. So, uh, you know, that's just a different a different situation. But so I, I think it's pretty encouraging now how how things are going. So, but we just need to keep this. Um, political part now aside and say, hey, are we willing to get back to normal or are we going to bring all these excuses or anything, which kind of makes me feel like the recently passed uh, stimulus package is like, okay, well, now we're bringing all this other money with a lot of different clauses and everything. And it's like, is that really needed? I mean, the economy needs to get just reopened. I mean, rather than giving all this money to the airlines, just let people travel, you know? Right, right. So that's a whole different discussion that I want to get into now. But it's like, okay, well, rather than giving people more money for testing why don't we just have money for more vaccines or more vaccination places or vaccine you know, or vaccinate people faster you know so at this point who's testing i mean you're gonna go testing i mean yeah there's tests to come in and out of all that stuff but we need to start kind of like letting people know hey we're at the end of this we need to be cautious and then let's just move on you know um the other thing is that then you have people like Dr. Fauci that says, oh, well, we may have to wear masks until 2022 just to be safe. And, you know, he's, I mean, I admire the guy, but he's like extremely super cautious person. And yeah, if you were up to him, everybody would be in a hazmat suit moving around. But that's life. You know, we need to move on. And and we, we developed the vaccine. It was as fast as ever. It's a very safe vaccine. I mean, there's reports that for people that are not that there are 
um, symptomatic or asymptomatic is like 95, 97%. So it's really, that's the, that's the Pfizer one. So that's a pretty effective vaccine, much more than any other flu shot that we received back in the days or any, any other year. So anyways, those are my, uh, my comments on the, um, on the anniversary, you know, and, um, and, and then we have also sporting events that are starting to reopen and, which brings me to uh, before we move on to sports. Uh, do you have any other comments on? No, I just I think we're in the final stretch. I think it's another month or two, and then things will be pretty much back to normal. Then it'll be more looking at other countries and seeing right. when they're ready, right, for travel. And uh, there's going to be different different variations of the COVID and all the stuff they have the South Africa and the England, the British variation of this and that, but. Uh, that's the same thing. I mean, there's different variations of flu every year, and you just adjust it. And, and the vaccines are still effective. Maybe not the same 95%, maybe they are 60%, maybe they are 70%, but they also, the vaccine is always work in progress. They keep adjusting them as well. So we just need to get used to saying, okay, a pandemic means that it affects the whole world. Fine. That's the same thing. A flu is a pandemic. It just affects the whole world. You know, it just, there's different flu seasons in different parts of the world, Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere, but the flu affects everybody too and kills a lot of people every year. We just don't consider it a pandemic. So uh, we need to start moving on and start just to realize that zero COVID is not going to exist, but there will be a condition where we have it under control and we just keep back to our normal life. So, all right. So moving on to sports, um, which is another thing that needs to revive and hopefully we're in the springtime now and we have baseball coming up and then the NBA is now, to, which is having the most, I mean, almost like a regular season. They had the all-star game what was it, last weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So they actually kept it. It was a little bit of off and on and, and they, have, they actually did have an all-star weekend, even though it was condensed to a single day. Right. So I'm going to let you um, take over a little bit with the NBA, but uh, what, um, how was the, the, uh, the all-star and all that? Was it compared to others? Was it okay? Or I mean, just- you know, all-star is all-star. People know what you're going to get. It's kind of like no defense, all offense. This one was not as good as last year's, but it was fine. I mean, I never go in with high expectations to right. all-star. But I was the just bombed is- because uh, Devin Booker, the Suns oh, player, the Suns, yeah, he was uh, injured. Yeah. missed it because he sprained his but, knee. But the, uh, the event itself, I know that they condensed. Normally they have the, uh, and I don't know much because I don't watch it much. But Normally they have the it's dunk. like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. And they condensed it all just to Sunday, basically. Okay, so they have one day. And all the, all the, the, all the events were kind of in the middle, like like the dunk, dunking contest. The dunk was at halftime. Of the halftime of the start yeah. game, and then before really that bad. was the uh, was it? <laughs> yeah, because they had nobodies. There was literally like nobody. I mean, if you watched that, you would have thought they just got guys from the street. You would have no idea who anybody in the yeah. dunk contest was. It, is. The winner was good. I mean, was it a good dunk? No, not really. No. Okay. No. But the game itself, I did watch um, uh, part of the game. I wouldn't. I think it was sec- too high, uh, the second half or something, and it was it was okay. I mean, it's typical of start whatever. But the bottom line is that the NBA tried to keep try to keep things as normal. I don't think they have many spectators over there, maybe close people. I saw the TV screens and all that stuff in the background, but the NBA is trying to get back with some spectators towards the second half of the year or the season, which basically starts now. Well, they already have. They're just trying to, I mean, I don't know how many they're going to add. Like the Suns have like, I think 5,000 people per game now. So that's about a quarter capacity or so. Yeah, roughly. And uh, yeah, most teams now, except for teams in like California basically have a crowd. Okay. Um, it's just a small crowd. So it's just a matter of increasing those numbers and that right. by basically the playoffs kind of start like in uh, late April, June, 
So that'll be kind of when, you know, if things reopen that, yeah, maybe that they'll have more capacity. For It'll be interesting because we were just talking about how many people will be vaccinated by, by May, June. And uh, at this point, like if they, if they were having this kind of PCR test, which is what the bubble was using for all the players, they were testing them like multiple times, you know, in the bubble. Um, now that spectators, according to the numbers, would be like, you know, half of the population basically vaccinated. I wonder if you can prove vaccination. You have, you can have proof of vaccination. I don't know if they're going to do you... that. I think they're just going to let people in. I, I don't think they're going to do that. They're not going to do any testing or anything? Doesn't, they don't do testing now. For, just... for spectators, yeah. They have, they have the, the social distance. But, it, yeah. but in order for them to increase capacity and say, okay, more people will come in, maybe we have a... I don't think they're going to do like a, you need a vaccine to get in, no. No? No, okay. I don't think they'll do that. But... Um, I think they're just going to listen to what the, their states say. And mm -hmm. if their state says, hey, you can do whatever you want. then Yeah, going, that's true. That's true. Like the Texas Rangers baseball team said they're going to have 100% capacity. Oh, really? It's oh, yeah. Well, they said back to normal. So I guess that Texas said they, they can. So that's what they're going to do. Yeah. So we'll see. So that will be up to people to decide, well, I want to be surrounded by these people or not. But again, if you're vaccinated and you're in pretty safe condition, um, uh, then you know you may want to feel more comfortable going going to the games and stuff. So, um, so anyways, we we are starting now the second half of the season, even though it's really more than the second half. And uh, so no, it's, it's actually exactly the exactly. Half. Oh yeah, because there's still fewer games this year, right? Yeah. Okay. So, um, are you still with your projections that the um, as far as playoffs and all that? Yeah, I think the Suns are going to be really good. No, I <laughs> no, mean, you still the Suns are going to make the final conference final. Conference, oh, conference I, I actually think there's a path for the finals too. A path for the Suns? Yeah. Because because basically the Suns right now are the two seed in the West. The Jazz. They're second? Yeah. Are, are we ahead of the Lakers and the We're Clippers? ahead of the Lakers and the Clippers. I'm wow. telling you. The Suns are a good team. I know you don't watch basketball, but I no, do. No, but I didn't expect that for so sure. So Jazz are first, Suns are second. So this is a scenario. Well, the Jazz was a surprise, but the Suns are probably a bigger surprise too. I think both are somewhat of a surprise. Um, the Lakers have been without Anthony Davis. So when he comes back, it'll be a different story. But here's the path. Say the Suns finish the four seed and the Jazz are the one seed, okay? And then the Lakers Clippers 2-3. I want that to happen because then the Suns play the Jazz in the second round. I'm not afraid of the Jazz. Jazz are a good team, but I, I, I think the Suns easily can beat them. Not easily, but basically we match up perfectly. I'm not afraid of the Jazz at all. So then we beat the Jazz. We're in the conference finals. My wish would be that in Clippers-Lakers, Clippers beat the Lakers because then it would be a Suns-Clippers conference final, and I'm not afraid of the Clippers at all. I think we've, they're very beatable. In fact, the Suns have beaten the Clippers, and uh, we match up very well with them. And that's the path where basically the only team that I think the Suns are not going to beat if Anthony Davis is healthy is the Lakers because... Just too too strong, yeah. They yeah. have too many weapons. Yeah. So if 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 the if we don't have to face the Lakers, if something happens and they get eliminated, and the Suns have their path. But let me ask you, Suns um, in the finals, and then if it's Suns, Sixers, oh, we could beat the Sixers. So so, uh, for what I know, there's not going to be a bubble this year for the playoffs. I mean, they're going to continue no more bubbles. No. So, will this year? Uh, having uh, some kind of a home court for some games be beneficial. Yeah, of course. If you have fans again and all that. Yeah, of course. So if the Suns make it to the top four, meaning that they at least for the first round, for sure they will have uh, home court and yeah. they play whomever, you know, 
and then they make it and they play the second round. So at what point do they play the Jazz, you said, in the second round? It depends the seeding. Right. But if right now, Suns would play the Clippers in the second round, and the second round would be Jazz Lakers. Mm-hmm. And so then that would be, I, I think, unless the Suns play the Lakers in the second round, I think that we are going to make it to the conference finals. So we just want the Lakers to be eliminated by somebody else so we don't yeah. have to face them. Yes. That's the only team from the conference that you're more the concerned about. The only team that, I'm, that I think is definitely going to be a f- strong favorite against the Suns is the Lakers. How about the bottom four as of now? Any of the teams that are a fifth? Denver. Denver, is- Denver fell off a little bit. They're coming back now. Denver is the other team. But I'm not, again, for the Suns, I'm not afraid of Denver. I mean, they're a good team, but I'm not afraid of so them. So it's like you're very, uh, very convinced that the Suns can make a yeah, conference I've watched, The Suns have won 16 of 19 games. Yeah, but don't you think, uh, I don't know, I'm, not, I'm, a, I'm a Suns. We just beat the Lakers fan, right before. I know, but don't you think that as, as now the season gets a little more in the, the final stages, the teams are going to be playing a little harder now and maybe that exposes the weaknesses of some of the teams that are now doing well but maybe not do so well? I like don't the know. team, the Suns now have a, what, a 600, 700 record or something? Um, we're 24 and 11. Okay. So but that six, was after starting eight and eight. We kind of had a little bumpy start. Right. We had some players missing COVID, blah, 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 blah. After that ended, basically, after we got 100% again, we've been 16 and three. So you think um, the Suns will be keeping the same type of record for the second half of the season or they will yeah. be closer to 500? No, no, no. Oh, yeah. The, you don't watch Suns games, do you? No, the I don't. Suns That's what I'm asking you. Good. I mean, the Suns beat... Like, we actually have the best record against above 500 teams in the league. Okay. So, yes. No, I mean, I'm excited. I mean, I love to see a local team do and well because we need it. I mean, come playoff like time, we have Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And Devin Booker has not been in the playoffs yet. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Devin Booker is going to be a killer in the playoffs. And Chris Paul has always been a killer in the playoffs. No, Chris Paul, I'm actually, you know, I wasn't a big fan of his. But uh, I do have to admit that he makes teams... Yeah, he's better. a winning player, man. Yeah, no, he, he they definitely... They don't call him the point god for a reason, okay? Point god. <laughs> so they call him. I mean... I mean no, no, he, he definitely... I mean, you were telling me the other day and when he went to... You know, when he's been moving around different teams and uh, he definitely makes the teams better. And I think he's a little... He's, he's uh, not selfish at all. I mean, he's... He play, I mean, even when Devin Booker was out uh, injured or something... Uh, he was guarding the team. He he's good. I mean, uh, obviously better than Ricky Rubio that we used to have. Ricky Rubio was okay, but it wasn't that kind of leadership that Chris Paul has. Not just leadership, just skill. I mean, Chris yeah. Paul is just a better player. He's a much better shooter too, for sure. So he can get. You know. So um, all right. So the West is. You give me your opinion. How about the East? Uh, the East uh, right now, Brooklyn looks like the favorite. I mean, they just. Kevin Durant hasn't played in I know. the last few weeks, and they've still just Is this been, serious, what he has? No, no. They're just resting him. He'll be back. They were just being overly cautious. Uh, they've been killing everybody. They didn't even have KD. And when KD's playing, it, it it's just going to— The only t- two teams, I think, that have a chance are Philly um, and maybe Milwaukee. Maybe. But that's it, at beating Brooklyn. But I really think it's going to be— Probably Brooklyn Sixers conference final, and then I'll take Brooklyn. Okay, so Johnny's stuff is just not. He just uh, doesn't have the help. And uh, on Miami, that last year was. Um, uh, they might make a run, but they're not going to beat Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn has fucking. 
Kevin Durant, well, James yeah, I mean, you have Kyrie Irving. Irving. I mean, Kevin these guys Durant are just and, and, killing and, people, right? Yeah. Now. So, so okay. Well, let's jump to the finals now. Um, I mean, the most good? likely finals is probably Brooklyn versus the Lakers. Lakers. Uh, it'll be fun, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, the problem is Brooklyn doesn't have anybody to stop Anthony Davis, but. You also have three killers on the yeah. other team, whereas you only have two killers. I would love to see Kyrie Irving playing against LeBron. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be Same. It would be a great series. It would be a great yeah. series. I think... Can you imagine? I mean, that's that's actually Kyrie Irving is LeBron, when LeBron and him played together. And well, I would want to see more, more interesting to me is Kevin Durant, LeBron. Because that's well, really... Well, that, that too, but they already had him. I mean, they already played with Golden Yeah, State. but it wasn't fair. Well, Kevin Durant was on the Warriors and LeBron was no, by himself. No, I understand. I, I understand, see... but they already played each other. But but you have now Kyrie Irving, who basically left Cleveland because he said, I want to be my own man. And then finally no, yeah, of bounced course. around. There will be all those storylines. You're right, right. Plus, Harden's never been to a finals either. Right. And I want to see him in the finals. And all these guys are playing in a different conference now. I mean, Durant went from Western to Eastern, and so did uh, well, Kyrie Irving was already there. But uh, uh, Harden also left from the Western Conference to the Eastern Conference. So those guys are going to be... You know, Harden hasn't won anything yet, so he's been... Well, I think he's going to be hungry. I mean, he knows, yeah. that, hey, this is my real chance to win a championship here. Right. I mean, he'll never get a better chance than right. this. Right. So, yeah, I think Lakers-Brooklyn is the most likely final. <sighs> what are the odds now? You know, Vegas. Um, I would give the slight, slight, slight edge to the Lakers right now. Really? If Anthony Davis is fully healthy. If he's not fully he, healthy, he then no. I mean, I'm not sure what he has, but I mean, he probably will. We'll see. We'll see. Um, what about if the Suns make it to a final? Oh, uh, well, I mean, yeah, that would be my dream. But yeah, yeah if it's the house. Suns, Brooklyn, I mean, listen, we have a fighting chance. But no, I mean, if, if Brooklyn's 100%, I think they're going to be tough to beat. Don't we have a better record than they're now? Or... Yeah, but they started off bad, but they're, they're, they're killing everybody right now. Okay. All right. Any, any NBA uh, over news? Um, Nothing anything? special. No. Nothing? Blake Griffin is on the Nets too now. Oh yeah, 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 right. That too. I don't think that means oh, anything. Oh, he's he's way past he's his so, prime. No, he's not past his prime. He's thirty, but he's just hobbled. Basically, he's just been. So, he's had like fucking twelve knee surgeries. I know. That's what I'm saying. That he's past his prime as far as physical. Well, yeah, I not age wise, but yeah. I mean physically. I mean, once they traded him to Detroit or something, and then now to. Well, he had a good year in Detroit, but then he got injured again. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, this those, year those in Detroit. He's not been good. When you're when you are a physical player and you get this kind of injury, the, pro- the problem that, for him that was your edge. He changed his game when he went to Detroit and he started shooting a lot more and passing a lot more. And this year, his shooting's been horrible, and he's not been a good passer. Um, and he, but he he's looked like he doesn't care. Basically, like he's like done, checked out. So yeah. I'm sure he'll be more engaged in Brooklyn, but I don't give it really any it doesn't sway anything for me all right all right well i want to move on um to um we'll wrap it up quickly but just um i don't know how much time to talk about my sport now which is uh, formula one but well they're still in testing when they start the real season yeah we'll have an episode where you well can... anyways testing starts this week um um this weekend tomorrow actually in um bahrain which is also the 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 place for the first race of this of the year so the first race was supposed to be actually this weekend I think in Australia, and then they canceled that one because of the COVID transportation travel and all that stuff. And Australia is super strict with COVID. I mean, they have like three cases and they fucking shut down the country. <laughs> it's incredible. But uh, anyways, they canceled that, that Grand Prix. So they ended up going to Bahrain. And then normally testing is in Barcelona, but it didn't make sense to test in Barcelona last month. And then 
bring back travel logistics and all the stuff. So they decided to test in Bahrain and then, which is this weekend, is the first time they introduced all the cars. Uh, you're an F1 fan, I'm sure you've seen them all. And then um, two weeks from now, they have the first race, which means that the teams are not going to move from there. They're just going to test and uh, whatever they have is pretty much what they're going to run because there's no time for the teams after testing, which is normally the case, to go back to their factories, modify, change things and go back. For one, if they go back, they have quarantines on 10 days, 14 days, which basically defeats the purpose. And number two, just, just no physical time to design new things and all that stuff. So they're going to bring everything they have. They're going to test as much as they can. They only have three days of testing normally versus the normal six. So this year is only three. And uh, the drivers will take turns to the two two drivers per team, obviously, so they're going to split the testing. And then uh, Grand Prix, uh, first number one, it starts on uh, May, March 28th, 29th, whatever it is that weekend. So I'm really excited. I'll be following up the testing tomorrow and see how it goes. And um, F1 season starts. And then on Netflix, we have Drive to Survive, number three. It starts uh, next weekend, I think. I forgot what the date is, but anyways, uh, it's one of the best series in, on Netflix. So be sure to watch it. It's going to be Drive to Survive, under COVID restrictions because it's about last uh, last season, which was pretty good. Very good. All right. Anything else, David? No. I know it's done. a quick one, but we wanted to get some podcasts in today just to uh, highlight the anniversary of COVID. And hopefully next year at this time, we'll be saying, what COVID was that? It was just a little blip on the radar and the other one moving on. But uh, we're looking forward to the summer and it should be all much better. You get a chance, just get your shot, get vaccinated, forget the anti-vax. The vaccine is very safe, no side effects or nothing. And then uh, just move on. Okay. Still we know so far, but yes. <laughs> now, just in three years from now, when everybody drops dead, it'll be okay, but. Just wait until the sounds are in the finals and they say, only vaccinated people can come to the stadium or to the, uh, to the uh, court, uh, to the, uh, and then you say, oh shit. I'm gonna have, uh, like, like in restaurants they have, they used to have a smoking section, no smoking section, now they're gonna have vaccinated section, everybody's yeah. free to move. Non-vaccinated, right, with masks, social distance and all that stuff. I can see that coming. All right. All right, good. Well, thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.